Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast. And we're with three co-authors today of the Empire Life book and also female founders. I'm with Oksana Romaniuk, Jenna Zantua, and Megan Corey. And we're going to be diving deep into their more learning more about their life story and their personal businesses and all about their success. And I'll hand it over to Oksana a little bit more to introduce herself first. Thank you so much for having me here, Allison. And I'm so happy to be here with Megan and Jenna. What a fun ride. I can't even believe that we are wrapping up this big project and it was absolutely amazing. And so to tell you guys a little bit more about myself. So I'm the founder and CEO of Remote Rockstars and we are a virtual administrative assistant company that provides administrative and online business management support to digital entrepreneurs six and seven figure busy business business owners and who need that amazing rockstar team in their court to support them to be the extension of their business to be taking care of their amazing clients that they're supporting as well so that's when our brilliant team comes in with our homegrown virtual professionals and um just also very happy to give a shout out to Jenna here. We have been collaborating on so many amazing projects for our clients. So I'm happy to kind of be in this group together and um, not only in this project, but also in business kind of like personal life. All of this is like so integrated for all of us, right? Megan, would you like to share next? And then Jenna. Sure, absolutely. So I'm making Corey. So nice to be with everybody. And so nice to be here with you, Allison. I'm so excited that you started this and put this group together. Um, it's been amazing. And I've met so many incredible women that are supporting each other. Um, so just a little backstory on me. So I am CEO. I actually have two companies, um, Healthy Like a Boss and Four Core. And I do consulting, facilitating, wellness and habit uh, transformation coaching. And I do, I've done everything virtually and I started it. Um, I started virtual way back when, and it kind of helped during this time. Um, but as a virtual, you know, wellness coach, I'm able to do everything through zoom, through calls, whatever it may be. Um, I'm also a mom of two young kids. So navigating virtual learning during this time. So being able to have my business virtual has been kind of a blessing for me during this time. Um, and being able to help people with their habits, their routines and their lifestyles. Um, every time of the day, busy professionals. Jenna, if you want to go ahead. Okay, hi. So I'm Jenna and I am a digital expat. I live here in Panama City, Panama. And I am an online business consultant that help, um, we help female founders with brand positioning, strategy, building and systematizing and maintaining, you know, their pro profitable online businesses. And we specialize in technical support and visibility. So that means we are the ones that support them with um, video editing, a lot of website development, a lot of um, social media posting engagement and graphics. Um, and I am so happy to be part of this group. So glad to have been able to meet a lot of women in the space and just connect with, with other women that are doing, you know, the same thing. And 
I've also been working a lot with Oksana on a lot of projects, like she said before. Um, I hope to be able to help more women of color, um, especially uh, in this space, um, in terms of leveraging you know, technology automation systems um, with whatever they need help with in their online businesses. So. I have uh, one daughter and only one, one and done. That's it. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. So I, I wanna dive right in and I was realizing that I'll answer the question too, I guess, uh, at the end. I, that might be good for, for myself to answer too since um, we'll, we'll all be published in the book. So the first question that I wanna really dive deep into is, what are some of the challenges that you've overcome? And that's kind of broad. If you can aim to narrow down to maybe the first one that comes in your, in your mind. That was a big one for me that you're telling yourself. That was a really big one for me. And then dive in deep to how did you overcome that? And what was the benefit of you overcoming it that made you stronger or that it made it to where you can support your clients more because of something you learned in that challenge. And, and we can go with Oksana, Megan, and Jenna in, in that order. So I'll let Oksana start and then I'll answer too at the end. Sounds great. Um, I love this question because I feel like in uh, the lifetime of any business owner or entrepreneur becomes comes a time when they have to make a decision about their company, whether it's going to be growing and they might be considering actually having virtual team or an actual, uh, if it's a brick and mortar business, an actual team um, to help their business grow and develop, or if they want to stay um, more on the boutique scale and just really be maybe like that one woman show and just be content with the size that they're at and just keep things as they are. So I feel like I definitely had that challenge and like that decision to make a couple of years ago when I decided to go the team route. And because I love working in a team environment and I love collaborating with other people. No wonder Jenna and I are working together and partnering on so many projects. It's just, again, like creates kind of like that warm feeling of a family that you inevitably surround yourself with when working virtually or I feel like in the traditional office. And it's those amazing professionals that are then um, cheering you on and supporting your business, you're supporting them. It's basically a win-win situation for everyone. But that's that was a big challenge for me to just basically um, make a decision. Do, do I want to, for my business to grow? Do I want to keep in, um, growing my client portfolio too, which kind of like raised a little bit of that fear, just like, will I be able to deliver that high standard that I usually expect uh, from myself in delivering the client services? And also will my future team members be able to uphold that standard? And also just imagining that our client portfolio is growing and I, um, have the privilege and the opportunity to keep supporting more in my team than more clients that are continuing to join remote rock stars like that is again like that is on one side a little bit of that fear and that challenge is like oh my gosh this is really exciting but how are we going to be able to do this <laughs> and so i feel like through um basically developing that confidence and saying yes to the opportunity, not to the detriment. I know sometimes we have to be aware and like um, 
very mindful of the boundaries too, like not saying yes to everything, but then again, like saying yes to the opportunity and saying yes to that challenge of um, expansion and maybe just even a little bit of like that growth that happens there at the same time and just like not being afraid to step out of that um, uh, comfortable space that I was already in with my five clients that I was supporting and I was just really happy to be working with them one-on-one -on -one. but then once they started referring the services and I started stepping into more of like the managerial um, role that that kind of created that space of growth and expansion for me as a professional as well because it's it's a completely different ballgame when you start managing a team and then start adding more clients and the portfolio is growing and um, the responsibilities are growing as well and the team members are relying on us remote rockstars as a company um, because now i feel like they have that stable income coming in and they're enjoying their work with the clients and they're also growing professionally and then the clients are also relying on us to be consistently supported and then having again like that prospect of growing their business because they feel so supported and they have that free time i totally um kind of like digressed and this is a long story but this this has been the biggest challenge i, I would say for me in the past two years is just just really allow that growth to happen and allow myself to make those choices confidently and just be the promoter of the service that we we offer and uh, allow myself to to grow and keep developing the business as well. That's beautiful. Would you say that one of the challenges was letting go of some of the control? It was. It was really also allowing my team members to bring in their perspective mm. to our certain established rules, maybe, and policies, and also be okay with them maybe handling some of the tasks in their own way, um, which, you know, there are different things that could be done and approached from different perspectives. And so, yes, a little bit re releasing that control as far as like, this is not just the only way to accomplish something, but there might be another, maybe more creative approach. And now I feel so much more confident and comfortable with actually like those other solutions or different approaches to um, and I to perform a task or you, I even welcome that actually and just like with your fresh set of eyes let me know if this is just doesn't make sense if there's a better way to do it but it, it did take a while to arrive to that point where um, it's okay when a person has a different perspective on the same thing yeah that's for sure that's beautiful thank you Awesome. So I will kind of tag along that. And I completely agree with Oxana. It's like the letting go piece is um, that's hard for anybody, right? So it's hard for anybody, especially as a, a business owner, you're like, what pieces can I, can I have others tried and do? And, and how do I work that or let go of like the perfectionism or what I feel like it should look like and giving yourself and allowing that space to think of more things, which then when you become more open, I feel like more opportunities, more things come to you anyway. So I'm completely in that spot. Um, I think the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome um, is it's definitely more recent. Um, there were so many that you could, you could put into this because there's so many challenges we face, but I think the most recent is really just as a business owner and a mom, um, and trying to grow a business, but also, you know, being, being there for your children, especially young children, especially during the time of COVID. So it's a big thing that we all are going through is like, we're all at home and 
now schools were closed and you're trying to virtual learn or virtual virtual school, you know, yeah. with the, the kiddos at home and I have them right behind me right now. So if you hear them, that's what that is. Um, but it's, it's, you have that going on at all times. So you want to be the best mom, the best wife, the best business owner, the best at everything. And you're like, well, how do I do all that? So I feel like it's really understanding what those priorities are, where you're best at and how to give to those areas, but not overdo it where you're overwhelming yourself and you're just depleted. Um, and I feel like that's, that's what continues to make me stronger. And that's what I continue to help others on. Um, and the reason ultimately why I started my business was to be able to help overstressed and overwhelmed executives, busy professionals, and especially mothers that are working because it's, the lifestyle, you cannot continue to leave that way. You cannot continue to be 110% every single day. Once you're burnt out, nothing's going well. Your family life isn't going well. Your work's not going well. And it's just like, wait a minute, what's going on? Where did I end up at this place? So I feel like what benefited me from this is really noticing what's the, what are, what's important, focusing on that, prioritizing that, and then just still continue to take care of myself. So continuing those habits that I've already instilled, those lifestyle habits and making sure that you're Number, still number one, no matter what else is going on. So you're being able to support everybody else um, in the way that you should be able to, but knowing that you're like, well, I'm still taking care of myself. I'm still feeling good. I have the energy to do it. And those habits that we instill in ourselves and our well-being is super important to be able to be able to be, be able to do that, not only for ourselves, but then everybody else. So I really think like as a challenge, it could have been something that, you know, this whole basically since March, like what's been going on in our lives could have been completely detrimental to myself, my business, but how did that, how did I rise up from that, take that into account? And I'm still being able to do what I'm doing and be able to be there with my family. Okay, so just um, just to add to what Megan was um, kind of like um, saying earlier about balancing being a mom and and just balancing being a CEO of your own business, it's, it's really a tough job for anybody that is you know taking care of small kids. You know, I only have one, but like my husband's at home, my my daughter's at home. I have to juggle feeding them, you know, and taking care of the online, you know, blended learning thing and, and still check on my schedule if I have a call, you know, uh, and then I needed to kind of like be able to manage my schedule to a T, like really be like, I always have to have my phone with me and then my, my calendar will need, needs to be, you know, needs to alert me whenever something's coming up um, so that I could be, you know, I could do the many hats that we perform um, on a daily basis. And one of the, talking about like challenges, um, I would say for me, for this year, um, apart from the, the change in, in the work environment, like I used to just be able to work in peace, right? Um, and so this year was a lot about change of plans and just pivoting from, you know, where I am in my business. Um, when the pandemic happened, I lost clients and I found myself to be 
um, from a, you know, from somebody that was working uh, with just several clients, I found myself not having any, just like that, just like that. And I had to, you know, um, do some reflection on, okay, what do I have? Like, what skills do I have that I can, you know, bring to the table and be able to like pivot and, and do this? And because I had a lot of experience and background in managing and scaling agencies, that's the that's the reason why I created my business. Um, it's it's an agency model, and Digital and Boundless is is was born because because of that, you know, because of that pivoting moment where I found myself not having any clients at all because of the pandemic, you know, because I was working as a freelancer kind of, or as an independent contractor where I was working with like several clients and I was, you know, happy to get my retainer, uh, you know, a month and, and just go to work every single day. But in the agency model, I was taking care of a team, just like Oksana. I was, I was, you know, uh, taking care of clients in a team and making sure that we are able to deliver what we're supposed to give our clients. And um, I think mindset plays a really big part in terms of um, overcoming challenges. You know, I had to think, um, and that's the reason why I, I named my business Digital and Boundless because I was, I used to think I couldn't reach, you know, five figures uh, a month by by doing this, you know, because it was it was such a hustle before. But then when I kind of like shifted and changed that mindset that, oh, I could get paid better or I could get better projects, you know, more um, ideal clients, then that's when it started happening for me. That's when it started. Um, that's when the clients start rolling in. And, you know, um, now the new challenge is scaling. Now the new challenge is systematizing everything to make sure that I'm able to serve more clients than you know than before. So now it's hiring the right people, training the right people, um, making sure that clients are happy at the end of the day. For me, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I. I completely relate with everything you guys said. And I feel like I have also been through all of that myself <laughs> and continuing, continue to evolve through that. And it's as if we go through one challenge and then there's a new, new bigger one, or we want to scale to a further income or have you know, 15 clients. And what is that going to look like? There's always going to be a new up rendering or new, new, a new thing on the horizon that we can scale and we can up level in that way. And one that was huge for me at the beginning or the whole intention of starting Empire Life was to bridge the gap that I felt before with making an online impact and influence. Like what does that, what does that actually look like to make an influence online or make an impact and have influence. And when I, so for example, when I was a teenager, my brother handed me the book called How to Win 
friends and influence people. I don't know if you guys have read that book. <laughs> One of my favorite books is he said, you already do this when I was a teenager. And I'm like, what the heck is he even talking about? I have no idea what he's, what he means. He's like, this book is going to change your life, but you already do this, but you need to learn more strategies and structure around what you already have in, innately inside of you. And so taking that into my business and merging this gap with female founders of how do I make an impact online? How do I bring in more clients? How do I turn these leads into converting high paying clients? And that was a challenge that I had. And this is my third tech company to launch. And I definitely had that challenge in the first two companies where it's like, how, how do I make a website, for example? Which, which software should I use? What softwares do I use for email marketing? And wanting to bridge that gap where they truly feel that it's reflected, that their essence is reflected online. Because a lot of the women that we've supported with my team, they have relayed to me that they didn't feel their essence was taken to be manufactured or have this kind of customer experience or user experience where it's truly them within their spirit, within how you know they are or re reflection of their brand and themselves. And that was really the a challenge that I had before as well, really reflecting that in my branding wanting to merge that gap and then I, I've, I've gone through all of the other ones too and continue to go through the challenge about delegating and loosening the reins even as a mom it's like you know, you know that they're not going to do it perfect when you're teaching them how to unload the dishwasher for example and <laughs> there's a lot of structure within that so I kind of apply apply that back to my team that they're not going to unload the dishwasher perfectly the first time second time even fifth time but it's still worth it to train someone to do some of those tasks that they can do really well. They may not do it exactly like you do or care as much as you do in the end, but they still can do it really well. And I'll, I'll move on to the next question. And well, I may skip to the next question. What do you do when you feel resistance come up? And how do you handle that? And I'll go to Oksana first. What a great question. <laughs> to be completely honest, I don't think I've, I have a very good strategy for this, but what I am observing happens with me is that I just marinate on it. I kind of tend to get a little bit quiet and introspective. And I, and I try to typically, again, I feel like this is just really personality driven, um, but I am very much like my decisions are based on emotions. And then of course there is a little bit of like that intellectual part of it or like logical part of it. Like, does it actually make sense? Um, but I am heart driven. And so I do really trust my intuition typically. And um, so far it hasn't really let me down. And only when I actually don't listen to that gut feeling that's when I'm in trouble. And so I feel like when, the reason why I'm saying this is that I feel like when I experience resistance, I actually, the reason why I go introspective is that I actually try to, it just sounds so cool, but like, I really try to listen to like, what is the resistance? Like what is, what is actually resisting? 
like an issue or a matter or a person or like some kind of like a problem, right? Um, is it something within my ego? Is it something that has to do with my habits? Is it my personal judgment of the situation? So it's a little bit of an approach of being introspective and a little bit more self-critical too. And then ultimately arriving to the point of just like what kind of feelings are being evoked by this situation with resistance and then um, so where these feelings are actually coming from. And as much as I would love to sound that like I really can dive deep into the depths of that glacier that is like far beyond the surface and like identify those feelings or like that resistance easily, I am still learning how to do that. I still have quite a few um, decades probably to grow to just really be able to um, get that in-depth feeling. And at the same time, while I'm learning to do that, I do trust my intuition and that um, internal feeling of just like where the resistance is coming from and just trying to go from the maybe feeling like emotional perspective, like find that connection in there um, rather than react in any other way. I don't even know if this answers the question, but that's how, the way how I would approach it. <laughs> Yeah, I understand with you, Oksana. So I'm similar where it's like, you kind of just have to think through, right? So it's like, if there's resistance, like I try to internalize, what's the resistance to, why am I resisting? Is it something a lot of times we do resist when we're scared, we're scared, or if it's something that may have happened before and we're like, oh, well, it didn't go well then, should I really do this now? Um, is this the right decision? And we ponder, we ponder, we ponder. And a lot of times our brain goes immediately to the past or to the future. And it's like, okay, just be in the present. Like be in the present, let myself understand like what's going on, how's this going to benefit, try to journal it out or meditate on it. Um, and I honestly think a good run or just like getting out of your own head for a while, getting away from your own space, your environment is the best thing. And so it's like figuring out, giving yourself that space to think and, and become like, ah, okay, this makes more sense now to me. But like stepping back, taking the full view and understanding like, why am I doing this? Is this the best for me? Um, and trying to use the current situation and the present as a part of that decision and not necessarily just the past, but giving yourself that space to really think through things. It really helps me out a lot and giving yourself that time that you need. Totally agree with you, Megan. And, and just to add to what you guys have been saying about resistance, um, for me personally, resistance, my resistance comes from the fact that I'm, that my body and my mind, my emotions it burn it comes from burnout it comes from you know doing so many things at the same time wearing too many hats and so it's funny um how do i how do i handle resistance aside from now trying to listen to intuit my intuition and if it's like a hard yes like a hard no a hell yes or like okay maybe right um aside from that i take the time off on weekends as well. Like I really don't like working on weekends and I try not to work on weekends. And, and I just watch like YouTube videos, even if it, they don't make any sense, like just to kind of like get away from that, you know, from the thing that I'm supposed to do and, and then go back and then reflect and, and, and listen to, you know, why I'm, you know, I'm resisting doing something, you know, I'm resisting um, a, 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 about something or 
or someone, right? It could be someone as well. Um, I also like to um, to talk to to people that I love. Uh, some, you know, you could you could talk to your husband, your partner, um, talk to friends in this in the industry. You know, and and Oksana and I have a really great friendship, and we have like a group of of women in the online space that we, you know, that we get together once a month for accountability, and that kind of like for me helps process things a little bit from, you know, if I share something that I feel resistant to, then it, and, and others will hear about it, then I will get a different person's perspective on it. And that kind of like help, helps me out. That's beautiful. When you get together with the accountability, do you have an accountability partner? Like do you do breakout rooms? How does everybody get to talk? Pretty, it's pretty informal. It's pretty, it's kind of like so cool. just together of women who are doing the same thing, you know, who are in the online space because admit it or not, it, it can get to be a little bit lonely in this space. Like, you know, you don't have your, your regular friends that have corporate jobs or they do something else, right? They can't really relate how, what you do online unless it's somebody that is doing something online and you know, all, all the stuff that we do online, we we can relate to, you know, dealing with clients or dealing with team members remotely, you know, in, in this in this matter. So, but it's pretty much like just sharing what's happening and what's going on. And if you want to share or get other people's opinion, you know, that's- That is beautiful. I love that. Women supporting other women. It's, that's brilliant. And I agree. We definitely need that. Uh, something that I've learned about my personality, I tend to jump in and start doing what I think needs to be done. <laughs> and I've learned over time that, well, through different personality tests, also like Enneagram 8, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Enneagram, or ENTJ on the Myers-Briggs, they tend to be very much like doers and strategic thinkers. And then I've learned that it's best for me if I'm feeling any resistance to communicate that clearly in a really loving, caring way to the other person or to myself is it's okay to take time. Like Megan was saying, Oksana, I think all of you were saying that to, it's okay to take time to process. And that for me is it also answer to number one is that that's a huge challenge to communicate that in a really loving way instead of, saying yes of course i'll be there or i'll be at that party and i'll be at that or i'll be everywhere at once i've learned to say you know what can i please get back to you let me process this let me think about it uh with almost everything in my life or even to my child say no i'll i'm doing this right now and i can't quite give you a full answer i want to be present with you it's like you guys are saying to be fully present also requires us to sometimes leave that introspective space for ourselves, especially if we tend to be extroverted. That's a, that can be a big stretch to reserve that introspective space to then process and then let people know. And I've always had a better outcome when I've taken that space for myself. <clears throat> and the next, the next one is so I want to, I want to skip one more to a childhood story reflecting why you do what you do. And this can be really funny too, or in anything that the, the first one that comes up for you, um, well, everybody used to ask me advice about X, Y, Z when I was a kid or any, anything that comes up for you. 
It's interesting because from, I feel like the very early childhood days that I had, according to my mom, I was always a leader in like my kindergarten groups. And um, um, I would always somehow like come up with these like play fun situations where um, I would organize the kids around me or I would just like sit them all like in their little chairs and I would be in, in the front reading them a book, just really helping out the teacher, I would say. <laughs> um, so those are like some of the stories that I was shared. I don't remember them, but um, that's the fun part. I feel like that just comes from like that leadership qualities that I have now, they just were with me, uh, just part of my personality probably since day one. But then not so fun part actually comes from, I feel like that nurturing aspect that I really use and exercise a lot in our type of business because we work so closely with our clients, they become our family members um, in a way. And we have always a very warm working relationship with our clients. And I feel like they always feel um, that nurturing aspect that comes from meeting with me, for instance, even if it's just a strategy meeting, but still like that care and that genuine interest and um, support for their success. So, and the story with the nurturing nature, I feel like of my personality unfortunately comes is associated, I feel like, maybe not unfortunately, who knows, is associated with my father's alcoholism. Because when he would get drunk and then my mom would be so distraught and upset that um, I would want to kind of step in and help and maybe take care of him. And maybe sometimes we would always live in smaller kind of like rural places where medical workers were needed and both of my um, my parents are actually in the medical industry. So we would always be sent by, you know, like the, the government to the most like remote places. Um, but, you know, that's where the medical help was needed. And so um, I would then just go around the village and look for him wherever he was having a great time with his buddies and then bring him home and then just make sure that he goes to bed and then um, just to alleviate that suffering that my mom was going through. And so I feel like, again, like that unconditional love and that nurturing nature from with my personality, my character came through in those moments when I was helping both actually, or um, yeah, helping both parents, my mom not to be so upset. And then my dad making sure that he goes to bed and no rowdy evenings happen that night and there are no fights and no altercations or anything as much as I could. I couldn't always prevent that from happening. And um, in a sense, I, I feel a little upset about that whole situation because I feel like those careless maybe and carefree, I would say, childhood days were stolen from me in the sense that I was not given the freedom um, or I guess it was like my choice in the end, but I don't even know like how exactly to interpret this, but I did not have the opportunity to just be carefree and play with other kids and just run around and uh, then come home and just like any traditional situation, have dinner with my parents and go to bed. And um, so that was not often uh, part of our family dynamic. And so, yes, I do, I do feel like I lost the chance to just be that carefree child and not to so be responsible so early on. 
And at the same time, um, I definitely knew, I definitely knew what I didn't want in any of the future relationships I had with my partners. So that was a very good lesson right there. Um, and how to not build your family life and um, very happy with my partner now. And that is definitely not part of our reality. And so that's just a little bit of like a quick fun story and not so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Axiana. Um, I think for me, I, I would probably start in childhood. So I was a swimmer. I was always competitive. Uh, I did tennis sports. So I was always into the athletic type things. And I always wanted to do things and push myself and push others. And I always loved that camaraderie of a team. And I really noticed it as I was growing, um, the focus on how I was always worried about everybody else, their health, their stress levels, their anything like, oh, why are you working so much? Or why are you, you know, you're so focused on this and like what you're, you got to take care of yourself. And it, honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like I just, everyone always had this thing and I just never knew what it was. And it didn't, it took it until, um, until like a couple of years ago. And I was like, as I was coaching people with relationships or work, or as I was supervising people or leading people and talking about their nutrition, how much they've slept, how they exercise, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why, this is what I need to do. And this, it was a whole thing of like what I've always done and just didn't know it to now, this is what I meant to do and who I meant to be. And this is my purpose is to help others. And that's how I think, you know, that whole story of my beginning to now where I'm at is I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to, you know, I, I've been in that world of the overstressed, um, you know, in the corporate world, just like racking your brain and no sleep and, and trying to be the best you can, but at what cost? And then, so I realized like, wow, doing all of that really led to me wanting to help others and what the situation I'm in right now and where I'm leading my business is to, to help connect people, to help get people healthier, develop these habits, these lifestyle changes, so they can be the best they can be in work and in their personal lives. It's a really nice um, story, Megan, about your why, right? So for me, um, this goes way back to, um, I remember um, I was 10 and I was given some money to, to I was given an aunt to um, some money to buy stationaries and, you know, like all these like trinkets that, that you fancy when you're 10 or 11, right? And and I would go and sell them um, to my classmates. And, and, you know, I would do the inventory. I, it would sell out. And then the following week, we, so I, I grew up in the province. And so we would go to, to the city to, to replenish, you know, my stop and, and all that. So um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. And so for me, it was that, that moment, like, I think it was a defining moment for me that, you know, that still reflects to this day what I do. Um, I've always known that I want to be my own boss, that I can make, you know, a business out of nothing, out of something that I could create, you know, something that would service people, would help people. Um, and <clears throat> because I got that support when I was, younger it allowed me it told me that as a as, as a girl as a woman I could be my own boss like I don't need to answer to anybody that 
that, you know, I have tried corporate, I've tried that and it was, I was miserable. <laughs> um, you know, I, I said, okay, let me try that. And, and, you know, I was resisting that, that for a while, the, the idea of being my own boss, the idea of, of being an entrepreneur, I resisted that for a long time because for me then I was thinking I was too young. I didn't have any experience. So what do I know, right? All these like questions after graduating from college. And back then um, you, the society that, you know, that tells us, oh, uh, business is hard, business is difficult, starting up is difficult, right? Um, and a lot of people, especially in my home country, the Philippines, um, they almost expect you to be a doctor, a lawyer, a professional, you know, a nurse or something. And I wasn't any of that. You know, I wasn't any of that. I wasn't a doctor, a lawyer. I wasn't, a lot of my friends are. I wasn't a professional. I didn't have a license to do, you know, stuff. And for a time, I was like, I, I've always felt like what, does it take for one to be, for, for me to, to, to call myself successful, right? And I, you know, and it's only these past few years when I started my business that I realized it's okay. It's okay, uh, you know, that my passion from before, you know, was selling stuff, creating businesses, like small stuff. I've always been into like buying and selling and, and like all of that stuff that it was okay for me to be an entrepreneur, that yes, it's hard, that yes, not a lot of people recognize the importance of entrepreneurs, it, you know, um, bef before. So for me, it, it was that, it was that, that, that moment when I realized like at that time that, oh, this is something that I like to do. This is something that I would love to do and that I could really make a life out of it. Like I could really do this every single day. And so that is my, that is why I do what I do because I love being my own boss. I love being able to take charge of, of things and be able to give opportunities, not just for me, my family, but to other people as well. So in the Philippines, when I was, um, and I was operating um, a chain of restaurants, we would have like 50 to 100 employees, right? And we would get um, people that did not graduate from high school even or college. We would get people that were just willing to do the work, right? And we would train them. And we, and I could see the transformation in the, in the employees, like in their lives, you know, from coming from nothing like literally nothing they had nothing they and then they would go and work and they would be learning skills right and i am there seeing the transformation and for me that is something that i have always you know wanted to be a part of to be to to make that difference no matter how how small it is Wow, thank you everybody. That was so vulnerable. Um, thank you, Oksana, Megan, Jenna, for sharing out. Those are, I, I, I have so many stories that come to mind of, of something to share from my childhood. And one of them I feel like is most applicable to our conversation is my family and I moved to a new area when I think I was 14 or at the beginning of high school. 
And we were living in Austin and we moved to a little bit outside of Austin. So it was a new church, new school, you know, new, new people. And my, my dad didn't go to church with us. And my mom and I were at church. My brother at that time didn't want to go either. So it's just my mom and I there and in the pews and in church. And there was a person at the front making an announcement about a, a youth group. Again, like I didn't know any of the kids there. We're in a new area. First time to go to this new church. And my mom like elbows me really hard and says, you're going, you're going to that. I'm like, no, stop. I just want to go home. Like I came to church with you. Leave me alone. She's like, no, you, I'm waiting and you're going. You're, she was whispering to me, you're going like, you know, like mouthing it to me and elbowing me kind of hard. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I'll go for like five minutes. I don't even know anybody. She's like, that's the point. You don't know anyone you're going. So then it comes to the end of church and I had to go to this other building. It's this a huge Catholic church. I walk in this pathway and she goes to her car and she's waiting for me. And I walk in it's all these teenagers, all different ages in high school. Some are seniors in high school or all, uh, older, or seems a lot older than me at that time because I was a freshman. And there's about probably 15 kids in our teenagers in this room and they're all talking about different leadership positions within the youth group. And I have like no idea what all of these different positions are. I don't know anybody. And they're saying, well, today we're gonna hold the, we're gonna hold the elections. So we're all gonna talk about the different positions and then we're all gonna vote on who should be in these different positions. And somehow, some of the people there thought I should be the president of this youth ministry group. And so I'm leaving. I have no idea how that even happened. I'm leaving the meeting and my mom is waiting for me. And she's like, so, I mean, did you make some new friends? I mean, I hope you made some new friends because you don't know anybody. I'm like, well, somehow I'm the president. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? You don't even know anybody. So then fast forward a few months later, I did make some really great friends and got to know, you know, the adult leaders of the program and the other positions like the vice president, secretary, treasurer, we had all the committee going on. And then we organized these big retreats for the whole Catholic youth group, the whole church, the whole diocese. And then leading into that, now organizing my own events, I was like, oh, I've been doing this since high school. And when I was able to reflect on bringing this big group, this big group of people together and everybody's having fun and feels valued and nurtured, that, that it gave me more confidence to have my own events. Yeah, that, there's, there's a lot of other stories, but that was one funny one that I thought of. My mom was very shocked. And I also, too, was equally surprised that that happened. <laughs> it was a great experience and I still have really good friends from that committee that I still keep in touch with now because we, we grew so close together in all of our meetings and coming together as a team and learning how to listen to other perspectives like Oxana was talking about at the beginning. That was a huge learning lesson for me while I was on that committee as well. And I think we're almost out of time. So before we hop off, I would like everybody to also share how 
we can get in touch, how everybody can get in touch with you. Do you want to share your website or Insta or anything that comes to mind? Sure. It's actually really easy to find us. RemoteRockstars.com is our website, as well as our Facebook business page and our Instagram account. On the website, you can always get a hold of our phone number and schedule a phone call with us, a discovery call if you have any questions and if you feel you're overwhelmed in your business. Our Instagram is more of a visual representation of our business and a few, it includes a few of the helpful tips. And then on Facebook, we share more openly, especially in our Remote Rockstars Club group, um, about all of the tips and tricks of our virtual profession and all of the best practices and basically how to be and stay successful uh, in the wor virtual workspace. So that's where we're building a community of amazing and um, amazing professionals who are striving to grow and develop professionally. And we are there to support them every step of the way. You can find me. I'm on IG, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Megan Corey Health Coach. And also, if you want to get in touch or just find out a couple of things of what I do or just schedule a call to see if there's anything I can help with you um, in terms of private coaching, group coaching, um, or any of the organizational type facilitation that I do around well-being, culture transformation, and habits, you can go to megancorey.com slash call. So for me, it's just uh, digitalandboundless.com. And if you want to get into a call with me, if you need help with anything technical, anything technical visibility and uh, support, then you can just book a call. It's calendly.com slash Jenna's into work. That's it. Perfect. And of course, you know, there's the blog, Empire Life blog, if you want to leave a comment there. And this podcast, you know, to make sure you download it and check out all of these incredible female founders that we had on today. And then I'm at Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R-M-S-Y at Insta. We'd love to have you there too. And I will talk to you guys all really soon. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So nice to chat with you.